Welcome to the Homeschool Unlocked podcast, the show that helps parents see homeschooling as a unique opportunity. So forget fear. You can inspire. You can guide your child. Homeschool Unlocked. It's not school. It's life. Knock, knock. Who is there? Harry. Harry who? Harry up and let's get started. We're talking about reading today. We're talking about reading today. And if you were with us the last previous episodes, you know we've been getting up to this particular point. We talked about mathematics. We talked about measurements. We talked about stressors that come around with homeschooling. So today we're going to be covering reading. Because that's definitely an area you can feel pressure. You, you can you can definitely feel pressure, and trust me when I tell you, everybody wants it measured. We're not necessarily going to be going too, too much into detail as to reading how to teach it. We're going to be going into reading the science, right? What's happening in the brain while a child is attempting to read or is reading? Uh, my name is Jesus Aviles. I am a licensed school psychologist here in the state of Florida. Uh, I've worked for the public school system, or I did work for the public school system for close to 20 years in this area, just doing assessments on kids, trying to figure out how does this deficiency become a disability? How can this disability uh, be remedied and how can gaps be closed? And so I'm just going to be sharing with you just information tied to the science of reading, giving you some concepts. The concepts are going to require you maybe to dig a little bit into that thesaurus or into that vocabulary bank a little bit, but it's going to be good because that is essentially the first step anytime you learn anything new, the vocabulary of it. And at home, I've stretched Jesus because I've asked him to take all his amazing information and at the same time see see it in a different light and use it in a different way because our approach at home is not what you would find in the modern school system. In the modern school system, there is, like he said, a lot of measuring of where the child is in this whole reading process. My name is Monica Aviles. I'm married to this wonderful man. We have six kids together from the ages of seven to 20, two girls and four boys. And our approach to reading is not what you would find in the modern school system. So what I'm going to walk you through is almost like reverse engineering. When I'm asked to step in front of a kid and I'm told this kid can't read, I immediately begin to go in and I begin to assess different parts of brain functioning just to see are we dealing with the actual functions of the brain tied to reading or are we dealing with another issue? Is it an interest issue? Is it a motivation issue? Is it a classroom issue? Is it an instructional issue, right? Normally, a kid is brought to my attention. The presumed issue is the kid's the issue. And so I kind of first dig into the kid, but also collect information along the way of classroom, of teacher, and of a couple different things. So I'm going to reverse engineer my assessment a little bit. And that's going to tell you, that's going to give you a little glimpse on how we operate, operate here at our homeschool. So I know with regards to reading, there are a couple skills that need to be prerequisite, need to be foundational. I'm going to rattle off a couple of them and then we're going to go into them a little bit. Listening, super important. You've heard me say this in multiple, multiple episodes. Listening, attention, the ability to sustain and to hold attention. Many, many times just to practice this skill, a kid asks me a question, I put my finger out and in my brain I count. I have them sit there and wait. Now I have this answer, but I am working on expanding their attention, right? Holding it. How, how long can they hold it? So I got listening. I got attention. Memory. Memory is super important, both both short-term and long-term memory. You may not know this, but this is a, maybe a new item, auditory processing. 
right? If I'm talking to you about listening, obviously involving the ears, and in the ears you process that auditory information, right? Now in that, we have language development, and then once you have all those little things, listening, attention, memory, auditory processing, you know, when I mean auditory processing, I mean the ability to understand what is said, vocabulary levels, maybe break down, segment the words that I'm talking about, and then we have that language development. Those are going to be the pieces we're going to talk about today and just give you a little bit of an insight as to what that looks like here at home, right? So the first one, listening. Monica, do you have anything in mind as to how we've taught our kids to better listen? Yeah, I do. There's a game that comes to mind, but I love how even as you're sharing, you haven't even talked about picking up a pencil and writing. You haven't even talked about being able to visually discriminate and see a letter and recognize it. You right now are talking about a skill, which is a prerequisite. So one thing at home that we did, so I did this game and then come to find out like this is a good thing. But part of it, part of the reason that I did played this game with the kids is because I was very nervous about teaching how to read. And it's actually one of the subjects I did a reel recently on Instagram at mrs.moni.aviles where I talked about when you feel a weight on your shoulder, remember that you are sitting on God's shoulders. Like he's literally carrying you through this. And reading is one of those subjects where we can very much feel a certain weight. But we play this game and I'll have, I'll play it with my younger students, my kids, and I'll have them put their hand on my cheek as I make a word sound. So like, mmm, and I'll ask them, okay, you've got three minutes, find five things that have that sound in them. Super simple game, but it's fun. There's movement. We're not sitting down at a table. There's no pencil in their hand and they have to go searching. I'm glad you you found that out, Monica. You picked it up real early. We're not, you know, pulling out flashcards in this particular episode. We're going into the science a little bit. So we talked about listening. Ask yourself, wow, does reading involve your ears? Well, listen, 80% of all reading disabilities involve issues tied to auditory processing, right? You and your child's ability to process the sounds that are being made, right? You have a concept called phonemic awareness, right? When you think of reading, there are what we would call the big five. Some people would say the big six. I'll give you the big five, although we're not talking about, in this particular episode, the big five don't have much to do with brain functioning. They do, but I'll just give you the big five so that you could just know how reading is looked at in terms of sequence. So first they have a phonemic awareness. Phonemic awareness. I want you to just close your eyes and just say the letter sounds. Just a, b, k, d, right? If you close your eyes and you hear those sounds, that's phonemic awareness. That's awareness of the sounds. Once you open your eyes and you see the letter A, B, C, and D, and you've connected a visual to the sound, that's phonics. Phonics is connecting the visual representation of that sound together, right? Now you're looking at the letters and now you have the sounds. So first is sound only, eyes closed phonemic awareness. Then it's phonics, right? You're bringing in the visual representation to that phonics. And then you want to get that phonics and that all that sound segmenting and sound blending all nice and smooth. And then you come into number three, reading fluency, right? You have to become affluent with, with sounds in order to go to step number four, which is comprehension. You'll notice lots of kids have great difficulty fluently working their way through the material they're, 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 they're reading, right? Because they're breaking down words. Energy is spent not fluently flowing through the information so that you can comprehend, 
but breaking down words. They are stuck at an earlier stage. So you have phonemic awareness, phonics, reading fluency, comprehension, and the last that I'm going to talk about in terms of my big five, vocabulary. Those are the big five. When you do an academic or you do a reading assessment, we're going to assess the big five, right? Still, what I'm reviewing in this particular episode is the science underneath the big five. Why can't they do the phonemic awareness? Why can't they do the phonics, right? Which is the visual with the auditory. Why can't they comprehend? Why can't they, what's wrong with this vocabulary level, right? So on the surface level reading, you have those big five. And then now what we're doing here, we're going through the science behind it. So the first was listening, right? So anytime you think of listening, you need to understand that listening is actually an ability, right? So the ability to comprehend Oral information, oral communication, super duper important. This is why when I talk to my kids, I have them look at me. I have them look at me because I don't need them. I don't need their attention divided, right? I had mentioned it. Number two, the the second item is attention, right? So I need to, to work on both simultaneously, the ability to listen and the ability to pay attention. Now, let me go back to listening ability. Listening ability is directly related to language development and another concept called lexile knowledge, right? So with regards to language development, this is a simple understanding of the words being used. And lexile knowledge is just, do they understand the words that are used, right? So as a kid listens, this is why, you know, whatever show you pick up, anytime you Google anything, they really emphasize reading to your kids, right? That's super important because it develops It develops listening skills. It builds that whole language development because you got words and sentences. It's got vocabulary words in it, right? And those are are three, wow, when I say keys to learning how to read, uh, still, they haven't picked up a book. We haven't given them any flashcards, right? These are foundational brain type things tied to reading. Listening, understanding the vocabulary words. Understanding the meaning of those particular words. That, that's all item number one. So now let me slide over to attention. I think I had mentioned it ooh, going back to maybe episode season one, episode one, two, or three, where if there's one thing you're going to work on as soon as humanly possible on any child, it's expanding that attention. It's having the child able to hold, sustain that attention for as long as possible. Why? Because that's what's involved in memory. So we have issues where we have kids that have attentional issues, right? And very easily, people may misdiagnose these attention problems into learning problems. Now, listen, yes, if you have difficulty with attention, you will have difficulties with memory. Thus, you will have difficulty with anything that requires memory, like memorizing these sounds and memorizing these blends. So so anytime I've had conversations with parents and I'm dealing with kids with severe attention issues, They may also say to me, hey, my kid's dyslexic. My kid has a major reading disability. And I say, hey, your child has an attention issue that is impacting their reading, but they don't have a learning disability, right? So then I kind of clarify that just a little bit so that we can begin doing exercises with regards to expanding that attention, making that attention better. And then what you'll notice is the reading will just come right along once that begins to work. So practically here at home, that would mean, for example, we're going to play that game and it's like just a, a sound search game. I don't, we don't even have a title for it, but we just, we're going to play the game. I'm going to give them the instructions, very simple. And then 
after they have to sit there and wait and then say the instructions back to me. When they're younger, they might wait just a few seconds, like five seconds. If they're a little bit older, I'll ask them to wait a little bit longer and repeat the instructions back to me. I mean, there's so many ways that you can modify this to increase their attention span. You might even run into the problem like, oh my goodness, if if I send my child on a search, I've lost them. They're going to get totally distracted. Well, all the more reason that this game is beneficial because it's actually helping them pay attention. That's right. You might actually, you know what, modify the game. Maybe you put the items on the table. Instead of sending your child to go search, you put all these items on the table and you say, let's help me pick out the items that have that sound in them. Maybe you can't even have a whole table full of items. Maybe you just have like five. Whatever it is, you modify this game. I love it because it's an easy game. It doesn't require a lot of setup. It's a game that you can play with different ages. And then after, you get to focus on cleaning up, which is a chore, which is again, building the skills of paying attention, of remembering. It's an easy game, but that's the kind of thing that you can do when you homeschool. You can approach building up these skills without sitting down and pulling out a workbook right away. I mean, I love it because we're working on brain skills, right? The, the Many of these things that we talk about are indirectly addressed at school. So obviously when someone is teaching a child how to read, they are looking to build the kid's attention, build the kid's listening ability, build the kid's vocabulary while teaching them how to read. In our case, we homeschool, you can almost eliminate that whole concept of a book, of uh, paper and pencil, and you can work on those skills instead of indirectly while teaching them how to read, directly. Uh, another example that I, I often use, that we often use with our kids, is having them recite for us the instructions we just gave them. Mm-hmm. Now listen, we're adults. Sometimes when we speak to other adults, we say, okay, what did you hear? Now you say that, you say that to them because you want to see, were they paying attention? Did they listen? Did they understand what I just said to them? Yeah, Listen, were you clear? Were the, you yourself the, clear? These are fundamental skills required and needed for reading. Now, I'm going to introduce you to a new term because we've talked about listening. We've talked about attention. And that lends and that leans right into memory. So you have this concept called memory span. I want you to think of short-term memory, right? Short-term memory is just a few seconds able to hold something, right? Short-term memory isn't like a week or couple days. Short-term memory is actually seconds when we measure them. So you have this concept called short-term memory management. How do you manage your short-term memory? So there's a myth out there and that myth is called multitasking. People don't multitask. When you decide to take on multiple things, you actually stop one thing to initiate another thing. Now, when you come across folks that quote unquote have great multitasking skills, they actually have great working memory skills. Now, working memory is the ability to use short term memory. You introduce another item and then you're able to recall that first item later on. Right. Some kids can't do that. Some kids, you give multiple steps and instruction. You've lost them at number three because they weren't able to hold number one. Right. This becomes a multi. Right. This becomes a working memory issue. So what happens? You give kids two pieces of a five-step instruction. You say, come back to me. Then you give kids three and four, step three, now come back. You give them step three and four of this five-step instruction and then you come back. And then the next time you give them steps one, two, and three. So all of a sudden, you have to manage this short-term memory component, right? You have to manage it, right? Some kids can't grasp multi-step instructions, 
because their short-term memory is tied to listening and attention. So if you have kids that have difficulty paying attention, you have kids that have a tough time listening, it will come out in terms of this is a kid that has difficulty memorizing, right? But again, we go back. Continue to work on those attention skills. Have them hold their attention. Give them bits of information. Ask them to give it back. This is how you directly work on building memory. Tons of games out there tied to building memory. And I recommend you grab those. Because any, any, any games that are tied to memory, it could be pictorial. It could be auditory, right? Memorizing the things you hear or memorizing the things you see. This is key to helping you with reading and then with, member after you do your fluency piece, comprehension. When you're reading something in a story, there are pieces that the kids should be putting together from page one, now that you're on page 50, right? The story is moving along. But if the kid's working memory, able to piece bits and pieces together as other things are happening, isn't there, you can work directly on that whole concept of working memory. Look it up. It's a beautiful thing. Work on that. If you do that, you will find your child's ability to comprehend information skyrocket. And in the meantime, whether or not your child is able to read independently, read to them out loud. Make sure Amen. that you're prioritizing that because it's such a beautiful memory that they're going to have. They're, you may think, well, I want them to love books. We'll read to them. I want them to love books. They already know how to read. You still read to them. Make those times special. Make it something where... You know, you put the timer on, you only, you have a special spot, you all get cozy together, enjoy reading aloud, help them to love and value reading and books by reading aloud to them, whether or not they're able to read independently. We love that you got value from this and we ask that you would share this with other parents. Here's why. You don't know, we don't know who's out there that's really hitting a roadblock. And this issue of reading is something that's making them lose motivation or lose enthusiasm for homeschooling. Share this episode with them. Encourage somebody by letting them know more about how to approach reading without a pen and book in hand. So beautiful people, I do want to give you a lot more. I do. In my layout, I have five items I want to review. I've only had a chance to review two, which means I'm going to expand this to next episode, right? In this particular episode, we covered crystallized intelligence and short-term memory. Now, you didn't hear the word crystallized intelligence because I kind of slid it into that whole listening and attention piece, right? When I spoke to you about language development, vocabulary knowledge, right, that lexile knowledge and that listening ability, that is what we would call crystallized intelligence, and when I spoke to you about memory span and short-term memory, that obviously landed on the memory piece. But there are three pieces in terms of brain functioning that I also want to cover, and we'll cover that next episode, tied to auditory processing, right? Actually processing the information that's coming in through the years. Long-term storage and retrieval, right? Got to have some memory involved. And then finally, we're going to introduce the eyes into the equation, right? We've only had conversations about the ears in terms of perceptual speed, right? Or processing speed tied to that, right? The ability to quickly do that. So next episode, we'll go over to those other three. I apologize, I'm unable to slide those in here now. But look it up. Working memory, listening ability, language development, attention. These are your keys. These are foundational keys to reading. Have a blessed week. Make sure to stop by a pumpkin patch and take some great pictures together. Hey, and don't forget my queen at Mrs. M-R-S dot Moni, M-O-N-I dot Aviles, A-V-I-L-E-S at Instagram. Every day she's putting out knowledge. 
Thank you for spending time with us today. Check out our link below and subscribe to our podcast. We hope that we helped you by unlocking a new way of seeing homeschooling. Who else needs to hear this? Only you know. So take action and share it. Because remember, homeschool unlocked. It's not school. It's life.